and we are back. Welcome to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is Sunday, October 25th, a wonderful Sunday in the state of Ohio. A lot of great football on Saturday, a lot of great football on Sunday. Uh, just joining us, we do have our skeleton crew today, and that's not just a Halloween joke or an ode to the skull and crossbones on our beer, Josh. Hey. But uh, unfortunately, we do not have, there is no one to my right. There is not the unreliable, unavailable, unbelievably unprofessional co-host in Zach. Why you gotta do that to him? Who would have thought prepping a room for the baby can't yeah. be here today? Some would say we are sad because we don't have his takes. I would say, thank goodness we might have a better show today. Of course, that voice to my left is the reliable producer who hopes to bring things together. It's Josh. Josh, how are we doing this fine Sunday after a great weekend of football in the state of Ohio? I'll give you that. It was a great weekend of football in the state of Ohio, uh, and I had an absolute blast watching it all. It entertained, entertained. Um, uh, how am I feeling currently? Uh, quite sad. Um, that was. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm not. And I'm going. I'm not going to yell. Not mad. Um, I'm just am, disappointed. Yeah. Um, and I am. I am sad that Zach's not here uh, for our Ohio State uh, Cincinnati segment that we're going to get into. I wanted to argue with him about that, but it, like you said, it might might turn out better anyway. I can let my bias out because I'm wearing the Bearcats jersey today. Yeah, Number and seven in the country. The other Let's thing go. that we don't get today because uh, you know we got to have more than one opinion on the beer, and we got to have the whole crew here for the forty bet. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Of course, we had our forty bet. The Browns did get the win over the Bengals, but unfortunately for me, it was not by seven points or more. It was a three-point victory thanks to a late touchdown. So I will be drinking a 40, but uh, it is in the fridge. It is ready to go, but we will leave that till next week when Zach is back. Josh I'm, and Zach will be enjoying a, a nice beer, which we have lined up for next week, and uh, instead I'll be... Enjoying the wonderful multi-taste of one uh, Colt 45. Yeah, or unless... It, so we were talking about this before the show. Unless you can find another one, but it appears like nobody drinks malt liquor anymore. I was so amazed. I, you like, can't find it anywhere. The first time you lost a bet, Zach and I were sitting here like, what the heck is going uh, on with I Josh? I went to six, seven It went to six or seven stores. But then tonight, I'm going to six or seven stores. Can't find anything. And... Thank goodness Josh found something to bring over. He made a nice donation of, uh, what, two bucks or however uh, much yeah, the 40 yeah. costs. That guy's got to be, because I've gotten it at the same place up the street at that Ameristop, and all they have is Colt 45, and it is out of the dozens of stores we've been to, it's the only one that carries Colt 45. I don't know what, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I thought that's what if you're If you're a Colt 45 supplier or a malt liquor supplier that wants to be involved with... Especially some wildcat... Well, or uh, I, old English, oh, some Cobra, the king, the, Get king. the king in here. Yes, the uh, king of Cobras. Yeah, let us know or make a donation yourself. Hey, either or. There's nothing like a 40 bet on 30 rack. So uh, we'll get into much more than this 40 bet. We'll, we'll get into a little bit of Browns and Bengals, talk about the big winners uh, in college football, both Ohio State and Cincinnati getting the win. Maybe do a little, uh, who you got between both those teams if they were to meet 
on a neutral site. So whole lot to get into. But uh, first, as I mentioned with the skull and, skull and crossbows, skull and crossbows, bows, bows, skull, bones, skull, bats. As I mentioned with the skull and crossbones, whoa, uh, we have a beer from our friends at Brew Kettle that I'm really excited to try. The Brew Kettle. Let's get into it. All right, and our beer of the week for this week is from our friends at the Brew Kettle up in Strongsville, Ohio. It is their major lager. So their major league lager. You see uh, on the can, you got the nice uh, ode to major league. Got the, the skull and crossbones with the with the Charlie Sheen glasses on it. So definitely a good look there. And, uh, you know, kind of our last... Uh, you know, shout out to Major League as the World Series is going on. This will be our last show during the Major League 2020 season. So shout out to them. And we wanted to try out one of these, you know, I guess just your standard lager that you wanted to drink at uh, at a baseball game. So let's give it a shot, see how it is. Yeah, it's got uh, the little ode to uh, wild thing on the front. And uh, with the World Series, Greg, getting quite wild itself. Oh, yeah, would, uh, definitely. Be a good kind of refresher, get back to the basics, a good light lager to set the tone on uh, what's been a wild sports weekend. Yeah, and definitely. And just trying this for the first time, it definitely has that, you know, that standard lager taste, but it's one of those that, you know, is a little bit more crisp, a little bit more flavorful than you would get, you know, your standard whatever, your, your macro brew yeah. lagers. But has a nice full taste, but it's still light enough. It's definitely one of those that you can sit around at the ballpark or, or even just at home in today's times and watch a nice baseball game and really enjoy it. This is a, a, just your solid standard lager here for, for Brew Kettle. Well, yeah, and if you're uh, next season, if you're looking for a good beer to drink in between uh, Indians games, uh, they've got, I think you said they got a new location opening up, and now they've got uh, three different locations across the uh, – Cleveland region. So they actually just opened their. And... So they actually just opened their fourth location. So they have their Strongsburg okay. or their Strongsville, their Amherst, their Hudson, and then they just opened their Menor location in August. Expansive. So expansive now, and their brewery. Uh, I've been to their Strongsville location plenty of times. It doesn't look like a whole lot from the outside, but it's definitely got a cool feel on the inside. It's it's one of their first locations. So. Lot of obviously a lot of great beer there. One of my favorite beers of, of all time is their White Raja IPA and then tons of good food there. So if you find yourself up, you know, just in that outlying Cleveland area, Strongsville, Men or something like that, Brew Kettle, yeah, always was, a good choice. I was looking at some of those wings they got on there. I want to try that homemade dry rub. They say they're Ohio's premier DIY brewery, and I think that's great to see them do something. You just want your crisp American lager, and that's exactly what it is. It's done very well. So shout out to uh, the Brew Kettle for a great lager. Yeah, shout out to Brew Kettle. Like we said, four locations across the Cleveland area, and you can find most of their beers all around Ohio, especially some of their uh, you know regular year-round brews like the White Raja. I know Utah was a big beer for them coming out around, and uh, just a ton of great beers from Brew Kettle. So uh Thanks to our friends at Brew Kettle for uh, just a solid overall lager. The Big Ten is back and in a big way in Ohio as the Buckeyes dominate Nebraska in their season opener, 52-17. Heisman hopeful Justin Fields was almost perfect, 
going 20 for 21 with 276 yards and two touchdowns through the air, as well as adding 54 yards and a touchdown on the ground, as the Husker defense had no answers for the high-powered Buckeye offense. The Buckeyes now head to Happy Valley next week to face the recently upset Penn State Nittany Lions. In Cincinnati, the Cats are climbing. UC has climbed up to number 7 in the AP poll after a convincing win in Dallas versus number 16 SMU, 42-13. Desmond Ritter had a huge bounce back game for the Bearcats, totaling over 300 yards with 179 of those on the ground and four total touchdowns. The Cats come home next week to host Memphis and try to keep their perfect record intact. And finally, Cleveland gets the sweep. The Browns swept the Bengals in the Battle of Ohio after a 37-34 win thanks to a 24-yard touchdown pass from Baker Mayfield to Michigan alum Donovan Peoples-Jones with just 11 seconds left. Burrow had another solid day for Cincy with over 400 passing yards and three touchdowns, but Baker got the last laugh, completing 22 of his final 23 passes with the one in completion being a spike after starting 0-5 with a pick to lead the Browns back to victory. And those are your OH headlines. The Battle of Ohio. Uh, second and final Battle of Ohio for 2020. The Cleveland Browns, in comeback fashion, defeat the Cincinnati Bengals 37-34 to uh, behind Baker Mayfield, 270, or 297 yards passing, five touchdowns, one pick. So great game for Baker Mayfield after starting off really slow. Uh, Burrow also had a nice game. And Josh, it just kind of seemed like one of those games that Whoever got the ball last was probably going to win this game based on the way the defenses were playing in the second half. Yeah, um, the defenses were both, yeah, just horrible in the second half. But otherwise, it was a very entertaining game, very back and forth. Um, both teams, and this shows the defensive woes for both teams, but both teams were great on third downs today. Uh, Browns 5 for 7, Bengals 6 for 9. Uh, both the offenses were working when they needed to. Um, but, yeah. The defense is not great in the second half. Um, the defense is for the Bengals. I just um, and there's there's some drama there um, at the end of the game with Carlos Dunlop um, and the way he's being used right now and uh, put his put his house up on the market. Yep, after I the saw game. that right afterwards. Uh, and I, I saw uh, Fox 19 Cincinnati's Joe Daneman, their sports anchor. He said uh, he believes. He, this is the first player, Bengals player, he can remember since Corey Dillon in 2002 to publicly put his house on the market after the game. Yeah, and Corey Dillon, that was like, you had to feel bad for Corey Dillon, uh, buddy. This Bengals team isn't that Corey Dillon Bengals team. I'll say that at least. Not that bad. Yeah. Not that bad. But, uh, you know, from, from the Brown side of things, uh, things started about as poorly as you could have yeah. you could have hoped for. Bengals go all the way down the field. Browns do get a tipped interception that, for whatever reason, they decide to run out of the end zone. Uh, Baker, on the second play, throws a pick where it could have been a touchdown to Odell whether if it had been a good pass, but underthrows him. Odell gets hurt, leaves the game, knee injury, still waiting to hear the severity of it. 
but uh, that's not great. Center J.C. Treader goes down. Thankful he comes back. Baker Mayfield in the uh, first quarter started off 0 for 5 with zero yards and a pick. Yeah. Um, you know, Bengals were up, uh, you know, I believe it was 10-3 early, uh, really causing some issues. The Browns defense actually looked decent in the first half, but uh, offense did not look great. Finally, late in the quarter, Browns defense kind of, or Browns offense kind of comes to life, gets a touchdown, at least makes it, uh, I believe it was 17-10 at halftime, thanks to a late touchdown for the Bengals. And then in the second half, uh, Browns are scoring, Bengals are scoring 34 total points in just the fourth quarter alone. Uh, you know, you worry that the Browns scored a little too early with uh, five minutes left. Then the yeah. Bengals score with a minute left, uh, you know, on kind of a gutsy fourth and one call. The little uh, great know, call. Fake, yeah, fake uh, handoff to Gio Bernard. I know after the game, Zach Taylor said it was all Gio because the safety didn't go with him to the other side in the motion, but was able to fake it off enough to get open. Uh, obviously, as a Browns fan, very disappointed in that. But with a minute and 11 seconds left, uh, a couple nice throws by Baker Mayfield. And then finally, after I believe it was a timeout by the Bengals, a uh, 24-yard touchdown to Donovan Peoples-Jones. I was expecting, you know, maybe a shot or something and then just kick the uh, field goal with Cody Parkey, but end up getting the touchdown and then miss, of course, miss. Yeah, of course, point, miss, yeah. Which is ridiculous. But, you know, a lot of people, because uh, the spread was three, a lot of people very upset by that Cody Parkey miss because it, you know, either made some people push or cost some people right. some money when they had a three and a half. So uh, definitely difficult, but able to hold on for the last 11 seconds. And the Browns moved to an amazing five and two, one of the best records I've seen in my life as a, as a Browns fan. Uh, Bengals move to one, five and one. Josh, I guess we'll just, um, we'll ask you first. Bengals one and five. You know, after a couple nice games, uh, tied versus the Eagles, beat the Jaguars, and then a tough loss to the Ravens. Two super tough losses, blowing the big lead against the Colts, and then just, you know, not able to make a stop at the end versus the Browns. Upcoming, the Bengals have the Titans, the Steelers, and the footballers of Washington. What are your expectations, and, and I guess what are you looking for for the rest of the season out of the Cincinnati Bengals? Um better decision making um better better coaching um and and pulling that locker room together cuz yeah i think um I, I think you're in danger of losing the locker room if you haven't already um just with the whole carlos dunlop thing um you know say what you will about that situation but then you know with him going in publicly you know putting his house on the market and everything um, and then there was a little bit of an altercation on the sideline at the end of the game. Yeah, I know both him and Carl Lawson have had some, like, people were talking about yeah. him giving, like, a fist bump to Baker after a touchdown or something like that. So a lot of interesting stuff, especially on the defensive end. And other players uh, are obviously you've seeing seen, that. Yeah, you've seen, and, I mean, earlier you saw, you know, A.J. Green, who has been better since he, you know, kind of. Had a good game today. Yeah. But, yeah, I had a pretty good game today, so, you know, some good stuff there, but you're just interested to see how many, especially of these veterans like the Lawsons and Dunlaps and Greens that were around when the Bengals were good and right. may not figure to kind of be around long enough to be in this rebuild kind of where they're at. Well, and it's just like whether you're with this 
what the team's doing or not. I mean, Tyler Boyd said after the game about the Carlos Dunlop stuff that he he wasn't he didn't think much of that. He didn't think that was the right way to go about things. So you just create more tension in in the locker room and start piling all that up. Uh, but then I, someone's got to answer for some of these things. I mean, you saw Baker Mayfield was not having a good day. Did not get off to the right foot. Uh, then you didn't. I mean, every pass attempt he you allowed him to make every single pass attempt in the second half. Yeah, his every own, single one. The last three quarters he went twenty-two of twenty-three, and his only incompletion was as they were yeah as they were moving up the field he spiked the ball, and I did feel like you know they were having some ability to get pressure on him. Didn't get as much pressure on him late. He was able to kind of stand in there and find some open wide receivers, which if you're going after a guy like Baker who has been, you know, a lot worse under um under pressure this year, like like completion yeah. percent like twenty percent worse and is dealing with broken ribs to the point where, you know, he really doesn't want to get hit. That's, you have to try to pressure him. And that's one of the things that I thought was interesting about Mayfield and he was able to sit in the pocket a little bit and then at that time it allows some of those longer routes by, you know, Higgins and, and Bryant and Landry to get open. And it seemed like he was able to find some guys, and a lot of them, especially Bryant, there were a few nice throws and catches, but a lot of them, you know, going up the middle of the field, especially were pretty much wide open. Right. And that's that's what you wonder, like, what, what were the Bengals doing on out? Because especially, like, with the interceptions uh, that Baker's thrown lately, he's been... He's really not been great at seeing, you know, that extra man over the middle. All of his interceptions are those bad over the middles where you can't see the second defender. You'd think, and then with the injuries too, you'd think you'd want to get pressure on him to, you know, allow him to step up into the pocket and fire one, one errant pass off over the middle. But there wasn't really a whole lot of that. I just, you have to wonder, Lou Anarumo is the Bengals' defensive coordinator, and he just... He, for the past three years, um, and I know 2018, he was just the DB's coach uh, for the Giants. But those defensive uh, defenses have ranked in the top 10 for the most points per game given up every single year. Um, the same can be said about yards per game. Uh, you've got to figure out how to, I mean, today, what was it? They gave up, uh, yeah, just under eight yards per play, 11 yards per pass to Mayfield. Um, yeah, and Mayfield is one of those guys that, like, in some of his earlier throws, uh, when he was still – he was a little bit better later in the game. But in some of his earlier throws, you could tell he was just staring down those wide receivers. And it's like, if you're a defense, that should be something that you're kind of jumping on. But the Bengals were just kind of allowing him to do that, and I was kind of – I mean, I understand the Bengals' defense has been, you know, right. not great this year, but they were allowing – a lot of easy plays for Baker and allowing a guy like Baker, who's honestly a streaky player, I would say, because usually you don't see a whole lot of games where he, you know, maybe the first quarter he starts off slow or he starts off hot and then he, you know, goes up or falls off. But usually you can get him in a game where it's like, if he has a half where he's not great, he's probably not going to be great for the whole game. And they just allowed him to make a few rhythm throws and allowed him to get hot. And like I said, you know, 22 of his, last actual passes he completed all of them right in a row. i mean well and yeah i think in some of that i think you do have to give you know baker a little bit of credit for you know coming out there and changing his tone in the second half and 
uh, I think had a lot better reads in the second half than he did in the first half. Um, but, I mean, the Bengals' defense, you have got to look at – I mean, you're giving up the past two years under Lou Anarumo, you're giving up almost 400 yards, just five yards shy on average of 400 yards per game and averaging just under four touchdowns allowed per game. Eventually, like, someone has to answer for that, whether it be Anarumo, whether it be Zach Taylor, whether it be Tobin, someone's got to figure out why that's not that defense isn't working under him because the talent's there, yeah. and the offense is clicking. They're not world beaters, but it's clicking enough to win them games if yeah. the defense could not allow the Cleveland Browns to score 37 down, points. Yeah, drive down the field in a minute. You know, it's, it's you've got to look at those things. And the stat that they kept bringing up in the broadcast today, Greg, I know you saw it about Zach Taylor, his record since 2019 in one-score games. Yeah, 111 and one. Now 112 yeah. and one. They've I almost guess. played a full season of one-score games, and yeah, are now one one twelve and one in those games. Eventually, that has to fall on the defense, and you have to wonder why is Lou Anarumo's defense giving up so many yards per game. And I think, honestly, that's where I would go. Because I look at even an offense that has, you know, towards the end of the game had three offensive linemen get hurt. But, you know, for most of the game had, uh, what, Trey Hopkins, their center, I believe his name is, and Jonah Williams out, had their running back out in Joe Mixon, who definitely helps him out, you know, even if he's not getting all the yards that he probably should be because of the offensive line. Burrow still looked good. I mean, this team you know, in their two games against the Browns are averaging 32 points a game. You know, they've, yeah. had, they've had a couple games. You know, they had a stinker against Baltimore, which a lot of teams do, including the Browns. But this offense has looked good. And I think it was kind of a weird hire to get Anna Rumo. You know, he's one of those guys from the Dolph- on some of those bad Dolphins, bad Giants teams. And I think they really need to look at, one, getting rid of Anarumo because he's shown that he can't be a competent defensive coordinator. And two, kind of remake the defense. I feel like they've worked hard to get some more skilled players on offense. You know, Mixon, of course, was kind of a year before, but having Mixon out there, uh, T. Higgins has yeah. been a great guy. Oh, yeah, T's been great. You know, uh, obviously Burrow is, is is unbelievable as a quarterback, like, especially with what he's doing. That's what's getting with. me right now, Greg, is that the Bengals, like I'm not saying that they should win the division. I'm not saying that they should have swept the Browns. But the Bengals should be able to at least, you know, you know, be there in the third, second place, maybe a wild card discussion as an average team. I mean, you've played 14 games in the past two years that have been one score. Think of how, how different things would be in the outlook on the Bengals, how different it would be if the defense could have just made that play or not allowed that big, long pass. And that's not allowed that 50-second drive to the other team. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, you, you kind of have problems with. You see it definitely in football, especially sometimes in, in other sports where you're maybe a little bit too loyal to the older guys. And, you know, I, I understand there's some talent on the defensive line, but that defensive line's getting older. Right. Um, I understand there's, you know, some injuries, you know, safeties and, and linebackers. But, uh, Will, and William Jackson wasn't playing, and obviously he's, he's kind of regressed a little bit, but has been a decent corner. But it's like at some point, you have to cut guys, and you have to try to put some money into this defense because the linebackers, since they've been a playoff team, have been slow and yeah. not great. Well, Their and defensive backfield's been up and down, and it's like 
and they're, you know, Geno Atkins, you know, I was hearing guys that were like, oh, yeah, he still plays for them, like hasn't made a play in a while. And it's like at some point you have to realize that you need to work and make this defense a little bit younger and a lot faster if they're right. going to be near where, you know, to to your point, to your point, there, 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 two big free agent signings on defense this year are basically yeah. done for the year on injury, and that, and that's like ninety million dollars down the drain this year. But I mean, that is what it is. Um, but like you said, and I'm not here to defend Carlos Dunlop, but pe- I'm a huge Carlos Dunlop fan personally. I he is in his twilight years, though. Yeah. Um, I hate, and this is a whole nother discussion. I hate the way this is going. That once again we're treating a veteran player that has been so good to Cincinnati like this, um, but eventually, yeah, like to your point, Greg, you got you got to move on, and that's what I'm talking about with Lou Anarumo and Bobby Hart. Why are you? Why do you keep giving money and contract extensions to people who constantly rank in the bottom ten of their position and in the I league? Mean, yeah, that's I, what you got to start wondering. I watch like, I mean, I have some of the NFL Game Pass or whatever to yeah. watch some of the All Twenty Twos. I'm not pouring over film though like these guys and i understand that but like i watched just the condensed game of the Bengals colts last week because i was curious i was like how'd they blow this lead bobby hart had like three penalties that part of the offensive line looks looked terrible and then the defensive scheme just didn't make sense no they had things that were working and then they would just go away from them philip rivers was terrible under pressure i remember at the end of the half against the the colts they had uh, first and second down, they pressured him. And I think they sacked him once, and then the other one, it was a throw, but it was more like, a, I'm going to throw it high enough that no one's going to catch it, but low enough that it looked like right. it was a throw to him. And then third down, they didn't pressure him at all, and he just threw a little lollipop in for a touchdown. Yeah, they, they so. seem to like switch to the soft zone sometimes that's at just at random. And that's what I, as fans... As a coaching staff, as an organization, you have to start looking at those rankings. And like you said, we're not pouring over the film, but eventually, on paper, placing in the bottom 10 regularly of your position, whether that be as defensive coordinator or as right tackle, something has to change there. You cannot keep making these silly hires and defending these people when they constantly rank at the bottom. And that's definitely true. Going from the... uh Bengals to the Browns to just kind of wrap things up. Uh, the Browns, of course, find themselves still in the uh, third place of the brutal AFC North. But uh, Browns, 5-2, and two, one of the best records I've seen, you know, in recent times, yeah. have their next four weeks, uh, you know, three home games and a bye week. So Raiders at home, bye week. Texans Boy, and Eagles. What a schedule. And then still, you know, they only have four more road games, and three of them are against teams that have one or zero wins in the uh, Jaguars, Giants, and Jets. So certainly wins to be had, and I think a chance to get to 10 wins. And call me crazy for this one, but I would almost call this game bigger than the Steelers because I didn't expect coming into last week that the Browns were going to lose to the Steelers by 31 points. Right. But I don't know if I expected them to win. But I think Browns teams of the past, now once again, their good streaks have been like three or four games. But they come off a good streak, then they lose a game, and then they kind of fall off the edge and, you know, lose to teams that they shouldn't lose to. But being able to show that they can beat the teams that they should beat makes me kind of optimistic to some degree for the rest of the year. Because if you, like I said, 
You look at the two New York teams, the Jaguars, you know, Texans, Raiders, Eagles Eagles are playing pretty bad. You could find your way to nine or ten wins in that, you know, seven seven teams making it in from the AFC. Am I crazy to think playoffs for a five and two team, even though they're the Browns are like I'm I'm having a tough tough time like wondering that myself because because to, you said the Browns it exactly. are going to brown but like well you said it exactly is when you look at these teams that they should beat they they've played really good games I think one of their statement games this year was that game against the Cowboys in Dallas that they just played a very complete game I thought a very well-rounded game as a complete team the only thing though is that against the good teams they're getting pounded yeah well and and unfortunately Two teams from the AFC North are making at least two teams from the AFC North are making the playoffs this year. That's that's kind of a given at this point in the season. Oh yeah. Uh and unfortunately, yeah, the two teams that you've only been able to get one score on in each game are you've got to play them again and they're they're in your way. I mean, the Steelers and the Ravens that that's going to they they have to win at least one of those games, I think. If they don't win one of those games, then they might be outside looking in. But otherwise, what a schedule. Yeah, and I mean, just obviously very early, still waiting on some some um, results from some early games. But, you know, right now the Browns are the sixth seed and the eight and nine seed that are tied to so the two teams that are first out of the playoffs are 500. So the three and three Dolphins and the three and three Raiders. I mean... You know, with once again with seven teams making it, which is you know one more than than every other year, uh, the Browns can find their way. I think nine teams you're pushing it, but if they can find a way to ten wins, I think they're definitely in. Even nine wins, I would say there's a decent chance. And it's just like I don't expect them to be the one seed or the two seed, but after you know not have having not made the playoffs since 2002. Yeah, playing football that actually means something. Yeah, that's I mean, a heck of a good day for a Browns that's fan. I, that's what I would say to Browns fans: is just you know, have fun with this, and yeah, don't don't be like we're getting into the playoffs and making a run. Not that you couldn't, but you know, I think that fight to the playoffs and with the yeah the added team this year and that screwing around in that first playoff game and just. Playing a football game. Playing playoff, a football playing, playing a playoff, playoff football, football game. game. I mean, for only the second ever uh, game in my lifetime. Right. It's something and <laughs> go for that. Live y- for that. Have know, them do that. <laughs> exactly. And in past years, you know, I've I've put my put my thoughts on the Browns and come up disappointed pretty much every time. But I think at this point, after some of the, you know, down years recently, it's like if they play well, it's it's kind of, you know, kind of like dessert because for so many years it's like if they play bad it's just the same old browns and you know before this game i was kind of like yeah they'll they'll figure out a way to kind of you know lose their way out or something like that they'll end up at seven and nine because of some dumb losses but it's like maybe they can find a way in and you know uh let us know do you think the browns are a playoff team by the end of the year like we said very favorable schedule. Uh, I believe the most favorable schedule uh, coming yeah, I in. Think it is. Uh, as we said, you know, three of their four road games, two of them are in New York back to back weeks, one of them in Jacksonville. Uh, definitely have some winnable games at home as well versus, uh, you know, Vegas and uh, the Eagles and the Texans. So 
definitely a way to 10 or 11 wins, and that's not even including, you know, getting to play both the Ravens and the Steelers at home, which I don't know how much better it'll go, but yeah, maybe it'll go a little bit better. So let us know, uh, you know, do you think the Bengals will, or do you think the Browns will make the playoffs? And where do you think the Bengals should go from here? Just blow it up, at least on the defensive end, uh, make some changes. I know I've seen some people call for Zach Taylor's head. I don't know about that, but I definitely think there's some change needed on the defense. Yeah, end. yeah, I'll shut that down right now. I don't. People that are calling for Zach Taylor to be fired, I don't think that's necessary. But I do think, I do think a coach needs to be fired, and I think I've made my thoughts on who that is very clear. Who should be fired for the Bengals? At Thirty Rack Sport on Thirty Rack of Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And now. Zach's reciting of the con. The Brew Kettle Major Lager Premium Lager is a traditional light American lager with a crisp taste, a slight bite of American hops, and a clean and refreshing finish. The perfect game day beer for collaboration with the Brew Kettle, the Cleveland Indians, and Major League Baseball. Zach not here to uh, to enjoy us with his dulcet tones and, and reading of the can, but uh, we still have the can in front of us. Uh, I will say kind of a, a little bit more of a plain, you know, can design, but has the very cool major league, the skull and crossbones and the skull and crossbones on the glasses like Wild Thing had. Um, also the number 99 kind of... Uh, you know, transposed on behind the scrolling crossbar. Oh man, I missed that. On the can, yeah, it's something I just noticed it. You know, while I was taking a look at it, uh, just like Wild Thing, Charlie Sheen, or uh, current setup man James Krinichek, also also rocking the '99 and the Wild That's Thing right. uh, uh, haircut. Yeah, was... As you can see in the logger, they have the little lightning bolt at the bottom. There, yeah, yeah, just I like, like that. Uh, the haircut right. for Wild Thing or Krinichek. So definitely a cool, uh, cool can design. Uh, solid beer, and once again, you know, you, you want to bring back that baseball weather as, as things are kind of uh, cooling down. Maybe enjoy a nice light lager while watching uh, the upcoming games of the World Series or just bring yourself back to baseball because you missed not having all 162 yeah, games. Indians fans better get on this. And, yeah, I'm that that's kind of blowing my mind, the 99. I was looking at it up close. You got to kind of, like, stare past the picture, you know. But I do love all the little – Easter eggs in this, whether it's like an Indians thing or the brew kettle logo that they got in there. Um, it's a very cool can. And yeah, a little plainer, but for your uh, kind of plain American lager, you kick a couple of them back watching baseball. Yeah, which, uh, you know, we definitely on the show can't wait to uh, have the Tribe and the Reds start off their new season as soon as possible after, you know, only getting a couple months of baseball. But yeah. uh, this is something to kind of bring you back to to midsummer. Wow, we got to enjoy that little bit of time of Reds in yeah, baseball. Go out, pick some of this up as the uh, World Series heats up. We got a tied series right now, so still a good week of baseball ahead. Still a great week of baseball and a great week or in a great pier to enjoy in that brew kettle major lager premium lager.
What's Brewing Ohio. A lot of good stories for you this week. Uh, we'll start with a feel-good feel story, Greg, because a guy like myself who just watched the Bengals lose that heartbreaker, we need a feel-good story. Is it free beer for us? That would be a feel-good story. It's not, it's not feel, free beer per se, oh. but it's good beer. Oh. Uh, you remember this brewery. We had Lock 27 Brewery. Yeah, but brewing their, on the show. Uh, their wheat. Yeah, you, you mentioned it was... Just north of Centerville in that in that small neighborhood called Dayton, Ohio. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm aware yeah. of that. Yes. Yeah, right up there. Uh, they uh, were looking wheat. You said are their American wheat waterways. Yep. So their Belgian wheat beer just won them their first medal ever at the World Beer Cup contest. They won a bronze uh, for their Belgian wheat beer called Wolk. Uh, Did you say that one more time? Wolk. Okay. I don't know what that means, but uh, go lock 27. Yeah, I don't know if it's a play on something or if it's a bell. I don't know. Um, Maybe it's a Christmas beer. It's a walking in a winter wonderland. It doesn't look. I, I don't. It doesn't look like a Belgian whip beer. But uh, the cool thing about this is they kind of just submitted it for feedback. Yeah. Um, and just kind of yeah, wanted like, hey. wanted some notes on it, and won their first medal ever. That's what happens when you come from Ohio. You're so, just like, yeah, why not? And then you realize that Ohio has the best beer. In the world, so it's like right. no big deal. Speaking of the best beer in the world in Ohio, whoa! Congratulations, Lock Twenty Seven Brewing. By the way, yeah, congrats. Uh, one of Ohio's uh, most renowned home brewers, David Casino. Uh, I thought you were going to say my dad. Oh, no, dad. not not the doctor. Not not better not than Swill Brewing. No, okay. Uh, he recently uh, got a win at Lorraine's uh, Brew Brewfest Waterfront District competition, um, and it is for his uh, beer. Called Blackberry Bambalam. Whoa, Blackberry Bambalam. Oh, Blackberry Bambalam. Whoa, Bambalam. Uh, so he's Bambalam now, gonna taste so fine. Bambalam it's gonna, taste gonna so make fine. you I cry. Try Bambalam. Whoa, Blackberry. He's doing a big, uh, big batch of it, large batch of it at Avon Brewing Company. So if you're up in the Northeast region, get you some Blackberry Bambalam. Whoa, Whoa, Blackberry, Blackberry. Bambalam, gonna taste so fine, Bambalam, gonna make you cry. And then uh, one of my, it's a very highly anticipated brewery that's opening soon uh, in the Cincinnati area. It's in Mainville, Ohio, and it's Cartridge Brewing. Uh, If you're from the area, it's in the old powder factory. Yeah, it's in the powder factory. Uh, Famous landmark in the area, um, known to some hauntings um, of sorts. Big, uh, a couple used, hauntings. Used to make the gunpowder and whatnot, and then there was like a train like carrying gunpowder, ex- like collided. And then a train carrying gunpowder. Yeah, and, and then... they exploded together in the gunpowder factory. And uh, not great, Bob. Yeah, not great. Very big explosion that has kind of been left there since. And now that space is finally getting renovated. There's some apartments going in there, and Cartridge Brewing is it going. It looks in there. very cool. A little creepy, just because I've I've seen that powder factory before, and it still creeps me out. But definitely a very cool look, and looks to be a very cool brewery, just in general. Yeah. So if you got on the list, uh, you can go uh, to their special opening night on Halloween night. But then uh, that next week, uh, that Tuesday, November third, uh, they'll be open. So head on down to Cartridge Brewing, right on the uh, Little Miami River in Mainville, Ohio. And then finally, this Tuesday, Greg, do you know what this Tuesday is? Uh, not it's Halloween. It's October 27th. There we go. It's October 27th, and it's Ohio Pint Day. 
Yeah, so, of course. How could I? It's uh, on several of my calendars, of it course. It should be on all your calendars. It's on the 30 Rack calendar. I mean, we are Ohio's craft beer podcast, and it's That's Ohio true. Pint Day. So you can go I'm gonna to... I'm going to need some calendars to put it on, honestly. <laughs> and this is for our friends at Ohio, the Ohio Craft Beer Association and all the great work they do to support the independent breweries we have in Ohio. Uh, and so a dollar from every one of these special pint glasses, and we'll post this to our social Whoa. media, and you That's can go to... That's pretty awesome. It's pretty sweet. You can go yeah, to like Ohio. a red, what is that, red eagle bird or something, just spreading it's, the wings? It's our, it's our state bird, Greg. It's a cardinal. But but I but it's it's not a normal cardinal. It's got like figured this out. Two, state bird is the cardinal. Two eyes every thing. Day. It's, it's it's got this weird thing going on. But it looks yeah, it's pretty badass. And you can go to ohiocraftbeer.org backslash ohio pint day, and you can see these awesome can designs they have. You can see over the 100 different participating breweries that will have this glass, and a dollar from every glass will be donated to the Ohio Craft Beer Association to keep them going. Uh, if you get your glass, show it off. Hashtag In This Together Ohio. Show your glass off. Show whatever beer you're pouring in that glass. Support your local breweries. Support the Ohio uh, Craft Beer Association. They're really important to the brewery scene here. So that's on Tuesday. Again, at Ohio Craft Beer on social media and OhioCraftBeer.org on the interwebs of the worldwide internet. That's what's brewing in Ohio, America. Greg. Drink beer on Tuesday and really every other day. Drink beer. Drink, drink beer. beer. Now on to our first segment of the show. We got a little who you got here as uh, college football starts to get ramped up here in the state of Ohio. Uh, mentioning Ohio State getting their season started uh, with a big win over Nebraska. Cincinnati with a good top 25 win in Dallas versus SMU. And both teams have actually moved up in the AP poll rankings that were just released today. Uh, Ohio State moving from number five to number three in the nation. Cincinnati moving from number nine to number seven in the nation. So we have two top seven teams in the state of Ohio. I believe the highest for any state because you know you got your Notre Dame's, your Clemson's. Not a whole yeah. lot of not a whole lot of other great teams. South Carolina and Indiana aren't walking through that door. All right. No. Although Indiana did get that upset. So yeah. But uh, our who you got for this week is a matchup. Say. Next week, matchup in, I don't know, California, Levi's Stadium, completely sure. neutral field, number seven, Cincinnati Bearcats versus the number three, Ohio State Buckeyes on a neutral field. So we'll ask you, who you got? We'll start with, uh, we'll start with Zach, who couldn't be with us, but he, he, sent, he sent a memo to us, and he goes, Ohio State! So obviously he's he's gonna take Ohio State he paused, big. He paused, take a deep breath. Yeah, take a deep Ohio breath. State. Obviously, you know the most uh, the biggest Ohio State fan on the podcast and someone that absolutely will give you his exact opinion as long as his exact opinion goes with Ohio State, Mr. Buckeye himself. So uh, maybe we'll go with a couple people, maybe a little bit more down the middle, maybe with some more. Realistic expectations, Josh. We'll we'll go to you next. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio State on a neutral field. 
next week. So still early in the Ohio State season. Who would you have in that matchup? Um, if it was next week, then I'm still saying Bearcats for sure. Um, and I think I would lean Bearcats on this. Uh, and I know Zach would be losing his mind, as I'm sure any Ohio State fan is listening to this boat right now. But, like, I'm telling you, they could do it. I mean, we talk about – we saw some weaknesses from Ohio State last uh, yesterday in that game against Nebraska that led me to, at times, especially in the first half, I'm thinking – were the Buckeyes overhyped? Was this, yeah, it was, was this way too much overhype? And then coming out at this noon game and then just kind of dropping the ball, couldn't get anything done in the rushing game. Defense was susceptible across the middle and in the secondary a lot. Uh, you saw some weaknesses there, and I don't think Ohio State is going to play at all, if they, even if this was at the end of the regular season. I don't think they're going to see a defense like the Cincinnati Bearcats defense right now who is – Arguably the best defense in the country. I'll say it. Yeah, I mean, looking at some of their statistics, they have, you know, uh, on a curve with teams that have played at least two whole games. So a lot of the, you know, uh, Mountain West and Big Ten teams are not on right. there because they had one whole game to, you know, get their statistics. The Cats have the lowest opposing QB QBR and uh, the lowest uh, yards allowed per play and have only allowed – more than one touchdown to one team this year, and that was when all the backups were in versus Austin P. week one. So the Cats' defense has certainly turned things up recently. Yeah, and I just, like, you look at the defenses in the Big Ten, especially after yesterday's, I mean, high-scoring affairs all around, um, except I, I don't know if you want to call Northwestern blew out uh, – Maryland and then Talia Tagovailoa not quite looking like uh, not quite right. looking like Tua. It's not yeah. quite Tua time in Maryland. Let's no, say that. No, and I, I think it'll be some time till it is. And and Maryland's defense certainly wasn't there. You look at a lot of these other scores, very high scoring affairs. I just don't think that the Big Ten is going to pro- going to provide the defense that that you're going to see from the Bearcats. And so I think that would not necessarily overwhelm Justin Fields. We saw how well Justin Fields did yesterday. Yeah, Justin Fields, only Amazing. one incompletion. Also, you know, another 50-plus uh, yards. I think it was 80 or so yards on the ground and another touchdown. was spectacular. Uh, sorry, 54 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Spectacular. Obviously, someone in the Heisman conversation. Oh, very much so. Very much so. I, I think that he – I know it's the first game, but his Heisman resume should be boosted just off that performance. However, to your point, Greg – you know, he was really the only one that got it done on the ground. I mean, you look at uh, – you didn't really get anything from uh, Master Teague and um, – uh, Trey Sermon. Yeah, yeah Trey, Trey Sermon, Sermon, the big – Kind of uh, missing. Yeah, the big transfer from Oklahoma who actually had a couple big runs versus Ohio State back in the Baker yeah. Mayfield days at OU. Uh, not great. You know, both of them, 23 combined carries and, uh, you know, 89 yards – for uh, both of them combined, Teague did have two touchdowns, but not a whole lot of getting the ball going. You know, all of them combined, maybe averaging four yards a carry. So it's still okay, but, you know, against what looked to be an outmanned Cornhusker defense, you probably would have expected to see more out of Sermon, Teague, or both. And that's, and I guess that's where I, why I lean on the Bearcats here. If we were to do this matchup at a neutral site, even if we were to do it next week, the Bearcats have – Multiple guys, proven guys in the backfield, and uh, Dokes and McClellan. Um, Ritter can run the ball, too. Now, I think for the Bearcats to truly beat Ohio State, you'd have to see one of the best games ever from Ritter. Um, 
who I still think needs to show off smarter decisions, more command in the game, um, and I'm sorry, but a little bit more domination. We said that we've said that on the show before, um, but I just don't think when you go for Ohio State, when you go to play that Bearcats defense, you're going to need weapons, man. You're going to need more weapons than just Justin Fields. You're going to need more than that. And uh, I know Olave went out with the injury. Um, I, I hope we'll see him back soon because um, that one, that toe touch was incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm leaning with my Bearcats here. Um, Sorry, Zach. Yeah, I want to be a little bit more right up the middle. Obviously, self-proclaimed Ohio State hater, uh, big UC fan, and I will. S- the one thing that I would say is, if I had to bet an amount of money, just money line, you know, straight up, that would make me uncomfortable. I would probably have to lean Ohio State just because of the the overall talent that they should have. But I would say if I were a betting man versus the spread, I think this game would be a lot closer than a lot of Ohio State fans would, would think. You know, they see the, what, 42 to nothing or whatever it was last year, and that's not the same Cats team that we're looking at. This defense has been all over the ball. Uh, you know, Sauce Gardner has been even better Sauce. this year. Uh, Wiggins is back. Kobe Bryant had a couple of penalties. Once again, the other thing that I would like in this in this uh, game would be no AAC refs because they're oh my god they're awful they're just unbelievably terrible. terrible. I will say one of the things that I think UC has an advantage in is their defense can keep things, uh, you know maybe keep the Buckeyes on their back foot along with Desmond Ritter at least on the ground. Desmond Ritter had 179 yards rushing versus. SMU, who has, you know, is a top 25 team. And Ohio State, though it was their first game, gave up over 160 rushing yards to the two quarterbacks in Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey. So certainly susceptible to giving up the run. You know, total, even with two running backs not quite doing too much, you know, the Buckeyes were giving up almost six yards a carry and giving up, you know, and close to seven and a half to, uh, to just the quarterbacks. And that's why I say, and, and look, yes, realistically, um, in, you said should. The Buckeyes should have the talent to beat the Bearcats. But when you look at you know, a game plan, Bearcats-wise, for this game, if you could keep the ball out of the hands of Justin Fields, keep that offense on the sideline, and make these you know, long, methodical drives with your you know, three-headed running monster you have on the Bearcats, I mean, the Buckeyes – could not get a lot of, you know, penetration on the line yesterday. So you could really exploit that and, you know, not let the offense have that ball. Um, but, yeah, you need to do that for a complete game. The Bearcats still need to make some smarter decisions on the field sometimes. Um, but, oh, it'd be a hell of a game. I'm just excited that we have two great football teams, two top seven teams in the country here in Ohio. Yeah, and I think the one thing that would make me lean towards the Buckeyes, though, just to, to get the last part out here, is – I think the one issue that you have, and even though the Buckeyes have, you know, pretty much a new defensive backfield, you know, their safeties and their cornerbacks, Sean Wade moving from the inside to the outside, not quite as tall as you'd like to see as an outside corner. But the problem is I feel like any defensive missteps, Fields will be able to take yeah. advantage of. And Desmond Ritter, you know, had a great game on the ground, but you know, passing the ball only thirteen of twenty one, hundred and twenty six yards. Finally, no picks, but he has not been shown that he's been able to make those big throws at the end of the game, yeah. in, you know, the last year and a half. 
So that would be the thing that would worry me. I think I would worry, you know, about things kind of slipping away from the Bearcats, but I still think the defense would keep them in the game. You know, Ritter would be able to manage it, but I'm just worried at the end of the game, Ohio State might make one too many plays. So I would take Ohio State, but if the spread was, you know, two touchdowns or anything, hammer the Bearcats. Cats, two and a half underdogs last night. Unbelievable. What is that about? But I hope we get to see that. If we were get to see that game, I, I doubt it. Um, but it'd be a hell of a game. Maybe, hey, well, never maybe know. in the college football yeah, playoff. You don't know. know. Pac-12, who knows what's going on? The Big 12 has kind of been a, a crapshoot. No real year, good man. second team in the SEC or the ACC. So, you know, a couple losses by Notre Dame, a couple losses by the Pac-12. Oklahoma State falls once or twice, and it the Cats it walk happen. their way into a playoff spot. Sneak on in. Bring so it back. let us know. Who do you think would win? On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 30 Rack Sports. On a neutral field next week, Ohio State, UC. Number Who three, are you taking? Number seven. By how much? Let us know. Talking a little bit of baseball. Moving into the World Series. Uh, four games have been completed in the World Series. Game five happening tonight, uh, right about the time as we are recording this podcast. Uh, game five is with the Game 1 starters, Clayton Kershaw versus Tyler Glasnow. Uh, Glasnow gave up quite a few runs uh, in his five innings of work. Uh, had over 100 pitches, which is weird for a, a raised starter, and the Dodgers won. But through four games, uh, the series is 2-2. A lot of people expecting the Dodgers to kind of roll through this series, but uh, the Rays have been frisky, especially in Game 4 with a wild ending to that game. If you haven't seen it, uh, it involves kind of a bloop single, misplayed by the center fielder, uh, Randy Rosarena, who has been like the you know the big star to come out of this uh, playoff series for the Rays, is the winning run, slips going from third to home, and then the throw to home plate gets misplayed by the catcher. Rosarena ends up scoring, and the Rays walk off the Dodgers 7-6 uh, to six and tie it up 2-2. Two -two. Um Maybe not as much fanfare with all the sports kind of going on right now, but uh, what are your takeaways, I guess, so far from this World Series, Josh? Have you been enjoying it? Has it been kind of meh for you, or, or what are your thoughts so far? I mean, I think we're, when we went into this series and everybody was kind of looking at the matchup, you know, like you said, everyone was kind of thinking like, oh, Rays will roll over, Dodgers will finally get their World Series and everything. Um, but it's been, I, I think it's been a more entertaining series than anyone could have expected. And that, yeah, that ending last night, if you haven't seen it, um, specifically uh, the field, like the field view oh, yeah, uh, replay of it. Kenley Jansen, the, the Dodgers closer. And it's just, there's just so much going on. It's just absolute pandemonium. And then it's just absolute, like sensational for Tampa Bay and them running out, out there and the happiness of, uh, you know, a walk-off of that stature in the World Series and that crazy of a play and all the things that happened in that. Yeah, it's like I watched it over and over and over again. It was just like, that's baseball, baby. Yeah, that's and beautiful. I, think, I think the one thing that, you know, you thought maybe would help baseball would be having all the more teams in, but also the two one-seeds making it to the World Series. So yeah, doesn't even show up the parody that you sometimes get in uh, in baseball, but also... A lot of the big teams getting knocked out. You know, obviously we don't get as much of the West Coast over here, you know, Midwest, East Coast, but 
with the Yankees not in, you know, no one from the Central in, so the Midwest is kind of tuned out. I feel like a lot of people have just kind of overlooked it, especially with, you know, college football, NFL, really getting into the swing of things. People have kind of overlooked it, but the games itself have been interesting. You know, even game yeah. one was kind of a blowout for the Dodgers, but still you know, fun seeing, to watch it. Seeing Mookie Betts do some, you know, do some great things, steal two bases. I believe he was, yeah. you know, one of the first players with, uh, Stealing two bases in a home run since like the 19 teens, I believe. The Dodgers stole three bases in the same inning for the first time since like 1915. Uh, so a lot of cool stuff there. And like, like I said, there are a few guys kind of coming out of the woodwork. Obviously, Bellinger's been a you know an MVP candidate, but he's made a couple of amazing catches as well as uh, you know breaking at the plate even after that separated shoulder in a home run trot, and then. The big guy has been Randy Rosarena, who is was yeah. kind of a throw-in in a trade from the Cardinals to the Rays. A guy that played okay but not great has turned into the biggest offensive threat for the Rays. Uh, sets a rookie record for 23 hits during the postseason, eight of them being home runs. He's been huge. And then, they're, like, I understand, you know, Dodgers, a lot of interesting people, a lot of cool people to root for, and, you know, Mookie Betts. I like Cody Bellinger, but... The Rays just have so many fun guys to watch. Like, Kiermaier's just a fun guy to watch. Uh, I love seeing G-Man Choi. Like, oh, I he's know. He's kind of a big boy watching him, like, you know, uh, stretch out. But then Orozarena has just been an absolute delight to watch at the plate. So, you well, know, I know a lot of people have checked out, but this has been, as far as just pure baseball, has been a really fun series to watch. Yeah, I mean, if you're not tuned into it, I seriously recommend. I mean, there have been so many good plays, so many good at-bats, just so many good moments in this World Series, and I think people have really discounted it. Um, just be, yeah, you know, every college football, like you said, heating up and everything else going on. But this has been a great series to watch, and, uh, you know, I think this thing could get stretched to seven. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Very easily. Um, so we could still have, uh, you know, we've got tonight and then Tuesday, Wednesday, yep. um, if it's needed, um, or at least Tuesday. So, yeah. Get pick up pick up uh, a major logger, uh, or your favorite American lot light logger for uh, a couple World Series games. They've been highly entertaining. Yeah, and some of them, you know, eight o'clock. Understand they go a little bit late, but definitely worth your time and and definitely some good baseball. I know even watching college football, we kept you know flipping back to uh, you know I was with a couple friends flipping back to the baseball game because there was just you know every time you turn around it'd be like oh well three run homer for yeah. wow for the raid or for the rays they're up you know two runs now oh well bets and bellinger did this they're back up in the lead so it's it's cool to see uh definitely check it out like we said major yep. lager from brew kettle but uh, i guess before we move into our cheers uh we're just seven pitches into watching game five right now josh who you got raised dodgers I really think the Dodgers uh, will prevail. Um, I think they've got too many weapons in their lineup that are clicking right now, and their aggressiveness on the base paths. Uh, you know, you you, you got to close it out with the pitching. You can't can't choke it. Can't choke it away like we've seen the past couple of years. But uh, you know, I'm all in for this, and I really do think we'll uh, see this decision come down to game game seven on Wednesday. Yeah, and I, I agree with you in you know every sense of the world or every sense of the word. Like, I think the Dodgers just have more offensive talent, have some really good starting pitchers. Think they'll probably win as we see you know 
Betts hit a double to uh, to start off this game. But the one thing that you don't want to discount is the Rays have one of the best bullpens in the league and almost have shut down guys, you know, seven, eight, nine if they can set them up correctly. So I would expect to see one more of those games from the Rays. I would take the Dodgers in seven, but, you know, I still think the Rays have a little bit more to say in this series. I definitely think they, you know, at least win one more game and would say this series goes seven. Yep. So let us know what you think of this World Series. Are you watching? Are you not? Uh, who do you think is going to win Dodgers Rays at 30 Rack Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? All righty. We want to get into our cheers. Uh, thank you so much once again for listening to this edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Josh and I hanging out with you. Uh, no Zach. Uh, expect to see him back next week as I pay up my 40 bet. Uh, as we have a little uh, post-Halloween edition of 30 Rack. But uh, before that, uh, I want to give a quick cheers. Uh, see if you have anything, Josh, as well. But uh, just want to give a shout-out to uh, former Bengals QB Andy Dalton. Uh, took a pretty nasty hit to the head uh, against the Washington football team. Um and ended up having to get carted out, still waiting on uh, the extent of the injury and how he's doing, but uh, certainly hope for the best for Andy Dalton. Uh, not always the most liked quarterback based on his play on the field, but definitely just a really good person, especially for everything that he's done off the field. Uh, seems like you know everything that I've heard about him, just a really good person all around. So certainly someone we're rooting for to uh, you know, be okay. Yeah, well said, and... Uh... I'd hope to see a suspension on that hit because that was just an absolutely uncalled for yeah, force not on great. a sliding quarterback. Uh, my shout-out is going to be uh, in a sport that we, I don't think, ever talk about. Um, not NASCAR. Darts. Not, ooh, darts would be a good one, though. We've talked pinball. Yeah, we we've talked dart, pinball. Yeah, we got to get darts in here. No, uh, Louis Hamilton uh, becoming the most successful a little F1. Yeah. Most successful formula one driver out there. He got 92 wins, 92 wins. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of wins. in that F1. That is a lot of wins. He seems to be winning almost every other weekend. Yeah. There, I mean, ridiculous. Uh, so it was, uh, the Portuguese grand prix. I think that he set the record at. So congratulations to, uh, Lou Ham. Well, uh, congrats to Lou Ham. Uh, you know, Shout out to Andy Dalton. Hope hope he's doing better. Uh, shout out to our our co-host Zach. Hopefully he we you know you, Zach. cares enough to actually come back next week. No. Uh, maybe we'll replace him by next week. I don't know. Uh, we'll keep our ears out for yeah, potential we'll new see. co-hosts. We'll talk to his agent. But uh, thank you so much for listening to Thirty Rack of Sports. We'll be back next week, better than ever, with another fantastic beer to drink. For Josh, for Zach that can't be here, I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to Thirty Rack. Peace.